Hello, listeners. It's uh, Philip here. I'm with my cousin Peter and or my cousin Mark and my brother Peter, and also Mark's four-year-old son Adrian is in the back. Um, uh, there's a lot to discuss. The Australian Open is going on. We're about to start the round of 16, um, and one of those matches is one that um, I hope nobody. Um, is bored enough to watch. Um, I know it's Sunday and, you know, you don't have to go to work and stuff, but I hope you have something better to do than watch Rayanich versus Chilich. Um, and so, Mark, uh, my question for you is, what would you have to be, I guess, bribed with to watch the entire match, only get up to go to the bathroom for commercials, no texting, any of that? You have to be engaged in the match for the three to four hours it'll probably take to be honest just hearing the question was a little painful um <laughs> as you began asking the question i realized the thing is at best the bribe would even out because the other question is how much would i have to bribe my wife to let me watch the match no matter what time it was on <laughs> even if she was fast asleep it would involve some type of bribe I've never watched either of them play a full set. And I know that <laughs> both of them have been in big matches before. I've actually watched them live, both of them, several times. And I've never sat there for the entire set, even with great seats. So uh, the opportunity cost is pretty high to watch that match if it's on any time during daylight hours or, or, or just, just before sunup. I would say it would take at least a round trip flight to New York and a, like a four or five star meal while I'm there. But, but I, I wouldn't do it. I, I, I don't, I actually don't, I mean, maybe it would be a good discipline test, but I don't even know if I could pull it off even with that incentive. But yeah, but, but the, uh, the incentivizing would must involve at least that sounds, sounds like in the round of, as a round of 16 match. Yeah. Maybe if it was the final, just for some narrative intrigue, then maybe I could, you know, lessen my demand, but yeah, I'm, I'm Mac. I want to, I want a free agency max contract, the equivalent of it on this. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what about you? What would you have to get? So my, my mind immediately went to just, um, their access, the level of access they have. I think my price <laughs> is probably like a thousand dollars, but I, I, I don't actually think money would do it for me. It would, it would be some sort of, um, access thing. I think in my younger years, um, in my more single years, my mind would have wandered to the fact that Rayanich has a really hot girlfriend, but um, I'll let Philip <laughs> explore those possibilities. Um, they're both really tall. Um, I'm thinking that if one of them has a son that is very athletic, they could give me credit for being the father. Um <laughs> I, I think that would be my price. Yeah, um, those are that that that's creative. Uh, I'll give that uh, that creativity points. Um, yeah, I think uh, my price would be um, so. This week I've been buying things like like Aleve um, and stuff like that that you can't find in French like pharmacies here and that. Um, the shipping costs on Amazon is like really high to, to France. 
So basically, I would want um, free shipping on all Amazon purchases for a month. That's my price, I think. So Your version of Amazon Prime exists in France? Amazon Prime exists. It's just a lot of products don't ship to Europe. <laughs> like, uh, it's like... Uh, Everything ships to the U.S., but when you're in Europe, you're like, oh, that's uh, that's thirty dollars shipping, um, plus the twenty dollars that the painkillers cost. Um, yeah, and like also like Crest white strips, you can't get them in pharmacies here, and you, the only way to find them is to buy them on Amazon. And yeah, that's that's forty dollars plus like seventeen dollars shipping. Um, yeah, I think free shipping for a month on, on all online purchases is my price for watching the entire Chilajoy and Itch match. Wow, that's, yeah, that's very rational. That's very realistic. Um, <laughs> that's very adult. I, I, um, I think for me, I would add access to a really um, some sort of um, players party. <laughs> um, but not, uh, but with the caveat that I wouldn't have to talk to either of them. <laughs> I was going to say, a, a, how much is very simply a player's party that did not involve them? <laughs> Just a player's party that <laughs> you got their two tickets. Yeah, Each spot. of them gave <laughs> their tickets to the player's party. And so you know it automatically eliminated them from the party. You know what actually is the best thing to ask for, um, since we're all 5'8", and they're all they're both six six. Um, they would have to each give like I don't I don't care how they sorted it out between themselves, but give me enough inches to be six feet tall. So between the two of them, give me four inches. And I don't I don't care. It could be four from Ray and it. It could be two, two and two from each. But yeah yeah, I think I'd like to be six feet tall. <laughs> to what extent? <laughs> Do you think that family members, you know, distant family who watches their matches on TV actually watch the whole match? <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> I'm not even sure their parents watch the whole match, but assuming they do just because, you know, it is their kids, they have it has to be less than 10. It has to be less than t 10 people in the world who can actually watch their whole match. I mean, I think like watching a Raynich match is basically it's like, oh man, his serve is cooking today. <laughs> oh no, it's not. It's not. But I, I guess there are times where he's moving better. Um, he played really well that that match we saw him against Stan at the U.S. Open. Um, mm. But I don't know, man. Like, I don't think people really look. There are probably some Canadians out there who. Yeah. But like, yeah, it can't be many. So I'm thinking of when my mom gets like on her high horse and sort of like starts complaining a lot. Uh, my dad sort of has his defaults. Like you're right. Yep. 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 You're absolutely right. And you know he's just like not listening. Um, he's just sort of tuned it out. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Rainich's uh, mom and dad probably have their defaults to Milos. It's like. Oh, I could have played that point so much better. You're right, Milos. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you served well. Yeah, yeah, I would have said. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and the third set. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably. So that that's the control. So that's the control in this experiment known as maybe the best round of sixteen I can think of, in and certainly in recent history, and certainly since we, you know, were officially um, titled tennis scholars. Seems like it's both high quality and you know, uh, 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 both quantity and quality of of good matches in uh, in this round of sixteen. Do we want to at least before we talk about the round of sixteen? speak of surprises and also those that you know feel that they're using their stocking stuffers given to us very well so so i think the biggest surprise was that federer almost got knocked out by milman again um peter <laughs> peter what's our what's what's the nickname you came up with for milman <laughs> i think i think you came up with this one uh the milkman well what's why why the milkman I, 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 Our listeners are smart enough I, to figure I, I, it out. Yeah, why, why did you come up with it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Milman, the milkman really looks and sounds like that guy who's fucking your wife and doesn't really <laughs> think about it. Um, he doesn't even think it's immoral. He's just like, yeah, I'm fucking your wife. But this is a great match. Why don't you just call it? <laughs> but man, well, this is a nice sandwich. And he just called it. Just call him the Tony Parker. Yeah, the Tony yeah. Parker. Yeah, the Tony <laughs> Parker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's probably at the Australian Open, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Peter. That was he a seems really, like the kind of guy. Who, that was a really fun nickname you came up with. Um, the, the craziest, <laughs> we'll craziest story on this ilk, and this we're getting a little sidetracked. Steve Nash, his um, he was like with his wife throughout the pregnancy and. Re- Right when the kids were born, that that he like initiated a divorce because they were um, he's white and his wife is white and they were black babies and it ended up that um, the babies were actually his teammates. What? Oh, is that true? I didn't know. I, I thought it was the that. other way around that he was cheating was, on her. Was, wow. No, th- this was Steve Nash. So um, Jason Richardson, one of his teammates, uh-huh. was actually. Hmm. Uh, Wow. The father. I never got, never got the full story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Interesting. That sucks. Um, at least it wasn't a same race uh, teammate. Um, so yeah, it's like the movie. Meme. At least that's at least the, this, this was obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the me myself. If you've seen the movie Me Myself and Irene, that is the me myself and Irene award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to tennis. Um, yeah, so Federer almost lost. I thought he was going to lose it when it was 8-4 in the fifth set tiebreak. I think a, a big winner for this tournament is actually the final set um, first to 10 tiebreak. Um, we've seen two of them. There have been so many of them. Yeah. I think Fognini won his first two matches in it. In... Yeah, Kashinov has been in two of them. He won the first and then lost a thriller to Kyrgios. Um which I think is the match of the tournament so far. The Kyrgios Yeah, that's match. gotta be. Um, any more notable matches? Uh, I guess Sitsipas is out. That's a that's a big out. Who is it that took out um, Bergini in five sets and it also may have gone to a, a fifth set tiebreaker? Or was, it, was, was it Sandgren? I think so. And, yeah. then, and then somebody beat Dimitrov and maybe there was one of them. Some I know... Dimitrov and Bertini both lost and missed that tiebreaker. So I think it's uh, you know, it's it's worked really well. I think it 
makes more viewable fans when I sit there and guess how long I'm going to go on. But I'm a fa- I don't know if you guys are a fan, but I'm definitely a fan. It definitely suits around. the less fit player because, like, Kyrgios was pretty fried going into that fifth set. But he could probably just think, like, all right, as yeah. I can just, I gotta just get to the tie break. Yeah. Um, yeah, I sort of like it. Matches going on forever is, uh, is so passe. Um, yeah, anyway, any, any more? What about, have guys been, I guess Medvedev has dropped a set and Djokovic dropped a set in this first round, but, um, the favorites, the other than Federer, the other three favorites are have sort of cruised. Um, Djokovic has had a really easy first three rounds. He he's played Ito and Nishioka, so basically he's had to beat like the non Nishikori Japanese. Um, Rafa had a pretty easy first few rounds. He beat Delbonis, who's a top spinning lefty which is like a category of player he owns. Um, and then he also beat Carreño Boost. Are we, are we, Mark, are we giving Carreño the Busto, or is he still the Busto? <laughs> Not until he changes his middle name. Well, he's somewhere in the middle. He's like Boosty. Well, Mark, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Rafa, uh, Carreño, or busted on Carreño. And, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, we've got some really good matches coming up. Um, Peter, what's the one you're looking forward to most? Um, what I'm looking forward to most... Um, I guess there are a few I'm just very interested in. I'm interested in the, um, the Rublev-Zverev match. Um, because that's kind of like a measuring stick for where Zverev really is. Um, and he can still lose and lose impressively. Like he can, he could, if yeah. that match goes five, then that's still like, yeah, real progress for Zverev in Grand Slam, in his Grand Slam play. But if he just gets thrashed by Rublev, it's just going to be like another Zverev disappointment in a Grand Slam. Um, but he did what he did beat Verzasco in in easy three sets, yeah. and and I I uh, I was surprised by that. Um, I mean we we know that Verdasco plays really well at the Australian Open. He's always had good results. I would say the flip side of it, if he has a four set three or four a five set win against Rublev, I think that'll be a, a really good um, like you say measuring stick for catalyst for the rest of the year sort of get him out of the Grand Slam gates pretty well and you know you're going to have a really strong spring so in, in a way I'm actually surprisingly rooting for him a little bit I'm not quite sure why but just one of those things I feel like I'm sort of done you know uh, holding a grudge against him and, and would like to see him do well, well so I'm, 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 rooting I'm, for I'm, I'm rooting for him for other reasons I'm going to be done holding my grudge against him when he starts being more respectful on court but um, the, uh, I, I think that him playing well is more of a test for Medvedev. Um, and Met, and uh, I kind of want Medvedev to get a few tests in him before he <laughs> plays Rafa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think Rublev is on a 16-match win streak as well. That's, uh, what I want is along the same lines as Peter. 
I want one of the two of them to thrash the other so that we know that that person is in very good form going into the... I mean, Medvedev isn't a sure thing to beat Stan. Um, Stan, you got to walk over against Isner. has been in good form. I mean, Medvedev is the clear favorite, but the two of them went five at the U.S. Open. Um, and they so, were five or four? Or it was it may like, have been four. It may have been four. It was Stan a big was match. A little injured, though, right? Stan, Stan was a little injured. He definitely was a little injured. My, yeah. I got my eyes on the team on feast match. I think uh, for team, that's an important measuring stick. He obviously, he plays great at the French. You know, he's been a little bit shaky in the others. So I think... I, I think he can really – I don't know who he would play in the quarters, whether it's – I guess he would play Fed in the quarters, but I think he can, he he's likely to beat Fed if he wins that match in strong fashion. He, no, if, he, if would, play, he would play Rafa. There were some stretches in the Team Fritz match where he was just looking incredibly good. Um, I – I uh, – I um, – yeah, team is really. I, I could not have bet against team earlier in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like either losing in the first or second round, or just like playing absurdly well. Um, and I think this is probably an absurdly well week. Although I think Malfis has a chance. Um, Malfis was really good last year. I don't think he's dropped a set yet in this tournament. Uh, What's their head to head? Oh, I'll look it up. That's a good question. I bet they've only played like three times because Monfils was sort of injured for quite a bit of the time when team was on the rise, but I could be off there. Um, I'm looking it up right now, but I actually think Monfils... You know who Monfils has like an epically good head-to-head -head against is Chilich. He's like 10-2 and two against Chilich. So the team Malfi's head to head is five and uh, the team is up five to zero. Whoa, hello. Yeah. Okay. And impressive. The team, whoa, and they've played even more than five matches. Uh, I think they're, they're counting, they miscounted. Oh, one was a walk. Oh, there were three walkovers involved. Okay, so ah. they've <laughs> met each other so, in a draw. So the team count. is one of those guys who Malfi just hates playing. <laughs> They've like only, hates playing enough to to withdraw. They've only played. They've only played once on hard court though. Um, the other four were on clay, and their hard court result was uh, yeah six three six two to team in two thousand seventeen Indian Wells. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, scratch that. Team is the heavy favorite in this match. Um, but I wouldn't make him a heavy favorite. I wouldn't. I, I think you're looking at a tough match. Monfils looks like he's uh, he's been in very good form for over a year now. I I'm looking at that as yeah, especially since the U.S. Open. Like he had an amazing U.S. Open. Yeah. Um. I I agree. I don't think it's gonna be a. It's I don't, I don't think it's gonna be represent. I don't think the um the head to head is representative of how tight this match could be. Yeah. Um, Do you think uh, either Fed Joker, if Fed or Joker lose a set in the round of sixteen? Um, yeah. So what about Schwartzman versus 
Djokovic. Um, he plays him tough. Yeah, and Djokovic lost a set in the first round so uh, to Jan Leonard Struth. There's a certain type of opponent that uh, Joker does not have the easiest time with. It's a guy who like plays long rallies and hits a flat ball. Um, yeah. Like Struth was the perfect example of that. Um, team, team is somebody like that. Yeah, Medvedev yeah. is the one Djokovic uh, that irritates Djokovic the most. But um, I guess uh, Schwartzman can flatten balls out. He hits like some pretty heavy topspin at times too. But he does just like keep rallies going and is just like very dogged. So, um, I mean, there are, like, five out of ten scenarios in which Joker just thrashes them in three. But I think, uh, I think, uh, I'd give, uh, Schwartzman a 50-50 shot at winning a set. What do you guys think? I would agree. I would agree. Whether it's not a first set, but a second or third set. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, I would agree. At least I hope so. Um, if so, Djokovic and then uh, I guess Federer <clears throat> would play Fuxovic, the Hungarian. Um, ah, I see that going for. I see Fed losing at least one set. Fuxovic. I mean, if I could say that name with a straight face, it seems like he's playing some some good tennis, and he's got he's been crushing people. He's been yeah, he's been fucking bitches. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, do you think Fed can fully recover from the Millman match? Like, he was not looking good. I think that was the biggest storyline from that match, is he just looked flat. He looked very low energy. Um, so I don't think, one of, one of my thoughts, I don't think Fed just plays very well at night. I mean, his bad upsets from people like Burditch and... Um, uh, uh, Dimitrov and Millman. I know that the Millman match a couple of years ago was really hot. He couldn't hold the racket. But I think we're talking about night and day. So I do really think with him it's when the match is. I mean, maybe it's just uh, a byproduct of aging or his yeah, style of game. I have a theory. I think he's um, cold-blooded. <laughs> um, yeah, and his scales. Uh... Maybe, maybe. I have a darker theory. Um, so you know how Federer is just um, insanely good against big servers. Um, like Andy yes. Roddick just had no chance because Federer just read his serve so well. Yeah, and, right, and it's like, like that. Is there? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I think is going on is that this, this Astro scandal really spooked better yeah. so he doesn't have his wearable device telling where the serve is going from his coach anymore and so he, he he's he's not he can't cheat yeah um yeah that would explain a lot you, i think i think fed uses the device to tell his to tell the server where to serve <laughs> i think he actually uses it to help <laughs> just to make the match a little more interesting yeah i actually um sort of bookmarked a Twitter exchange between Federer and Elon Musk in which uh, they were talking about how Federer is like uh, patient zero for Neuralink, uh, his new like brain chip. Um, but the, the exchange was quickly deleted, but so only I saw it. Um, 
but yeah, I think that might actually be what's going on. Uh, yeah, so Federer's match is like the last match on at night. Um, and so yeah, maybe maybe he'll let's, lose because let's of that. Let's well. Yeah. So let's 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 look ahead a little bit. Let's call our eight at least our eight winners in the round of sixteen. I don't even know if we necessarily have the time to get into the specifics. If you want to get into the specifics of the Rafa match and make an actual prediction, but but who do we at least see advancing, you know, to the next two rounds? I don't know, Phil, if you want to maybe start at the top of the draw and work your way down. Yeah, yeah, I think Rafa's going to beat Kyrgios uh, just because he's, I don't know, I, I do not trust Kyrgios' body to go to straight, like, hard matches. He, he was um, so fried at the end of his Kachanov match, and, I mean, I think he'll be good for the first set and a half against Rafa, but um, I just don't think he has the... Uh, yeah. the physicality to back up uh, what he did today um, with only two days rest. I just don't think he he's like put in the work to, to so, do that. So, so I agree with that, but um, here's a question. What are the odds that uh, Kyrgios either retires and or uh, does something, turns, turns the tone of the does something just extremely ugly i don't think it's high i think he knows he's in 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 the media and his fans good graces so i don't see either of those scenarios i think i think he'll lose two two and two rather than drop out of a match i mean unless there's just some ridiculously long set um you know that he loses and really is struggling he doesn't feel like he can give rafa a good match then he would do it, but it would be almost, you know, for mutual benefit rather than just for his own self-preservation. I just don't see it in this, in a, in a round of 16. He does seem a little more mature. I, I, I feel like it's a no-lose situation for him. I don't think anybody expects him to win. I don't think, even judging on his interview after the match, he, he respects Rafa. He knows Rafa's the better player. So I do think the attitude will be one that he really has nothing to lose. But, I mean, okay, I'll no. take the other side of the bet then because I think that – um. He really, he really has a grudge against Rafa. Like, remember how, like, he just, he complains about Rafa when he's not even playing Rafa. Like, when he, like, when there's, when any sort of timing issue comes up, he'll, like, bring up Nadal to the ump when Nadal's not even there. Him and, uh, him and Simone both were mocking Rafa, um, with their service, with their service motions when, um, one of them got a time violation um, in the Kyrgios-Simone match earlier this tournament. Um, I think that, like, Rafa's one of the guys who Kyrgios really wants to beat, but if he doesn't have a full tank of gas going in, he's gonna get, he can, there, there could be some just sort of, um, I don't know, like, histrionics that stem from that. Yeah. Could be, could be. Some gamesmanship. Let's move our way down the draw, and uh, and I don't know what, what uh, what's the so next match. So Mon- Monfils versus Team is the next match. I'll take Team. Yeah, I'm taking Team as well. I'll go Monfils. We've got a Team for Team, and then one for Monfils. <laughs> um, a, single, a single for your son. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then. Uh, 
Medvedev, Wawrinka. I, I got to go Medvedev in four, but uh, but it, it won't be easy. That'll be, he'll have to earn his, his right to win that match. I don't know enough about how well Stan's playing. I think he won a, he had, he had to go five one, like, um, in the second round against Seppi. But then he got I'm a not, default. I think he got a default midway through the second set. In he the third there. Yeah. So he's lost a set to Zoomer and two sets to Seppi. I think okay. I think uh, no, I think Medvedev is gonna cruise. Okay, yeah, that doesn't bode well. Good call. I didn't know he was five sets against Seppi. Yeah. And he also lost to Rublev in the Doha semifinals. Um I don't know. Yeah, I think uh Stan has a good level, but Medvedev is the favorite, so I'm going to choose Medvedev. Okay, What's, what do we got after that? Uh, Rublev Sparrow. Woo! I'll leave that with Peter first. I'm going for Rublev. Yeah, I'm going to go Rublev. Sparrow needs to earn um, a big match call. I'd say just to make the pod a little more interesting, I'll go with Sparrow. Um... That will be the last match he wins in the tournament, but whatever. At least he can <laughs> he can say he made the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam for only the second or third time. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, then Sandgren, Fognini. Jesus Christ, two people. I mean, <laughs> yeah. This is like the third That's... or fourth time Sandgren has made the Aussie Open round of 16. For whatever reason, he's just a beast in this tournament. Yeah. He beat Query in three sets. Um, he took out Berrettini. Um, yeah, he's had a good good tournament. Um, Fognini, he beat Opelka in the first round um, in a fifth set um, tiebreak. Yeah, I think, like, uh, I'm going to go Fognini, um, but I really have no thoughts about that match other than that um, I don't see either of them winning the tournament. <laughs> No, that's as far as I'm going. I, yeah, I think, I, nor, nor do either of them. I would go with Fognini as well. I think he wins that match. I'm going Fognini just because I think he's had a very Fognini turn. <laughs> he's, he's won two fifth set tie breaks, and now he's then he just crushed Guido Pella. Who's good? It feels like he's rounding into form. <laughs> yeah, Mark. He doesn't want to go home. Mark's boy Guido Pella. Screaming baby. Yeah. Um, okay, and then Federer Fuxovich. Fed in four. Yeah, Federer. I'm gonna go Fux in five. <laughs> um, alright, and then who has the heftier shit? Um, Ranich or Chilich? <laughs> That's the only interesting aspect. That is by far the most interesting aspect of that match. Frankly, it'd be, I'd much rather watch that than the tennis itself. <laughs> I'm going with Chilich. I think Rayanis, once again, will disappoint. I think, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, don't don't judge a, judge a tree by its, uh, you know, whatever, but by the roots. So I'm, I'm, I would say Chilich significantly. He eats more spicier food. Yeah, I think uh, some of Rayanich's hair gel might seep into his, um, his, uh, what is it? The small intestine. Uh, yeah, I think I think some of his hair and make it a little bit oily. Um, 
The same way, you know, like those plastic beads from like yoga pants find their way into the ocean and like choke fish. And so I think like because of his hair gel, his shit won't be quite as hefty. Whereas uh, I think Chilich's shit probably has body hair on it, just judging by the amount of body hair on Chilich. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, he's just uh, going to win the Chilich is going to win um, the shitting contest and uh, intimidate Reynich so much in the process that he'll win the tennis match as well. Well, he plays well in Australia. I'm going to agree with that call. I'm going with Chilich in four. Yeah. What about you, Peter? I'm going with Reynich. Um, didn't see any of the match against Tsitsipas. Didn't want to. Um, <laughs> even though I do like Tsitsipas, but I mean, beating Sitsipas like in three zero is is not is no joke. Yeah, yeah true. I, I saw some of that match, and Sitsipas was not playing his best. But yeah, I was not um, totally bullish on Rayanich um, for the rest of the tournament. He's just so awkward, like moving. If he if he plays a guy who can read his serve, um, he's gonna he's gonna lose. Um, and so I think Chilich can can get some opportunities on the return side. So so both of them are just gonna get pounded by Djokovic. Yeah, but I think Chilich will be a stronger opponent for Djokovic um, if he's playing well, just because Chilich's movement is actually pretty good for a guy that size. Um, but still, both of them are gonna get pounded by. Uh, um, by Schwartzman, because this is my hot take. Schwartzman's going to beat Djokovic. Oh my god! Yeah, um, I said it, and I'm the only person saying this. So, so, so I'm gonna gonna expect mad props when it happens. But yep, Schwartzman's gonna beat Djokovic. It's gonna be five sets. Schwartzman's gonna prevail. All right. Alright. I don't even know where to go with that. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling Djokovic 3-0. It's a good, it's not a bad pick. It's not, it's not, you know, you don't have to give the plead insanity. You're somewhat pleading the law of averages. You're pleading uh, a joker hasn't had some tough sets yet, and so he'll be a little bit, maybe a little bit, um, I don't want to say rusty, but just totally not like big point strong. But I think uh, I think he's in a groove. I think he played that the the pre thing, one of the ATP Cup, very well. I think it'll be a hell of a match. I don't think it's a dumb call. It may be similar to the Simone Djokovic match of a couple of years ago. I think it will go four or five. It's a good call, but you got nothing to lose on it, right? Philip, you're calling both Federer and Djokovic losing. <laughs> yep, I'm. Uh, I think this draw, the the bottom half of the draw, is wide open. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to continue to our quarterfinal predictions. Uh, who do you have between Nadal and team? So I, I got I got Nadal beating Monfit. Okay. Yeah, I have Nadal beating team. Um, sort of like similar to the U.S. Open a few years ago. It's going to be like a a really really tough match. Um, Nadal's going to be fried for the semifinals, but he's going to get through. Uh, the the quarters. Um, and then what about?
about uh, Medvedev versus Rublev? Medvedev. And how many? I think I, Medvedev. Yeah. yeah I'm, Med- just, I'm going very conventional. I'm putting the top four seats in the in the semis uh, without any grand reason as to why. It's just kind of a safer, easier bet to make. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna I go. I'm gonna go Medvedev as well. I just think he's like a level above um, Irublev. Uh, Irublev is gonna have to show that he's at that level before I I bet on him for anything more than uh, taking out Sverev. Um, all right, then what about Fognini versus Feder- Federer? I got um, Federer. All right, so you have Federer in the semis. I'm taking Fognini over Fuxovich, so I have Fognini in the semis. Um, and then uh, what about uh, Chilich or Reynich versus uh, Djokovic or Schwartzman? Who do you guys have? Um, I have uh, Djokovic. All right, I have Schwartzman over Chilich. So I have Schwartzman versus Fognini and uh, Nadal versus uh, Medvedev. And I have Medvedev beating a Nadal who's gassed. I'm also calling out a Nadal injury in that match. Um, so it won't actually play the full match. Um, what about you? I got, uh, I got Medvedev. And then I have uh, uh, Schwartzman over Fognini. Um, in five sets. Okay, so you have Medvedev versus Schwartzman in the final? Yeah, and Medvedev is going to win in three. Wow. Okay. All right. Bold. Bold. Yeah. Um, what about you? I've got Djokovic beating Medvedev. Djokovic hoisting number 17. Hot on the heels of... Of... Um, of Federer and Nadal. Yeah. Yeah. This is a departure from your a few weeks ago where you were calling Djokovic to win three out of four Grand Slams. You know, I've I've uh, been visited by a prophet. Um, I I I have seen the future. Like I I've just never been more confident in in a in an upset call. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll. Uh... I'll be curious. I'll give you props if this actually happens. Um, one of the things we we didn't call um, in our preseason calls was the Olympics. Oh yeah, and and the implications that that might have on the U.S. Open. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, because if a player plays the Olympics and goes far, then that's a lot of uh i guess emotions as well as uh as physicality and so the person is going to be mentally fried as well as like physically beat down um yeah i think it's going to be djokovic winning the olympics and as a result not having his full stuff his full bag of tricks for the u.s open what about you yeah so you you predicted djokovic winning australia uh, French and Wimbledon, but not the U.S. Yeah. And I think a uh, 
and I'm not sure if like the Russians are allowed to play the Olympics, but that could be like a lot of a lot of sort of um, uh, like the favorable circumstances for like Medvedev. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I guess um, one more oh, thing. Oh, team is not playing the Olympics. Oh yeah, because uh, he wants to support his hometown tournament in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, avoid the doping test, the, the the PED testing. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, one more thing we haven't discussed yet is uh, Coco Golf beating Naomi Osaka. Um, she's still fifteen. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. Like, she was a young 15 when she broke on the scene. Yeah. It's, it's, uh... Her birthday's I April. wonder how far she gets. Like, the women's draw, they're, the seeds are dropping like flies. It's kind of like a lot of recent women's um, Grand Slams where um, the stars aren't, aren't um, necessarily consistent. And, and um, anyone's kind of got a chance. It w- it would be remarkable if she like won it. Um, yeah, so I guess Ash, Bart- Ash Barty is still in there, so she's the one seed. But yeah, yeah. So it'd be Goff, awesome if Golf won. Golf should definitely win her round of sixteen match against Kennan, another American girl, and then she would play uh, Wang or Jabber in the quarterfinals and Wang is the one who took out uh yeah yeah Serena couldn't handle the Wang um in the round of 32 um and so Goff might have trouble with the Wang as well but who knows um the Wang is only 27 in the world so uh Goff might be able to make it to the semis before take uh before um facing someone who's probably favored against her um which is really far yeah that's Uh, far yeah um and who knows like she could win it like osaka won it last year and golf beat her in straight sets um so yeah that's like i guess a story i'm following another women's sort of women's story i'm following is uh the mixed doubles with Kyrgios and Anesimova pairing up. Um, gotta respect Kyrgios for his choices of mixed doubles partners. He's really um, started with uh, Bouchard when she was uh, at her peak and has moved on to Anesimova. Um, nothing much more to be said about that, but uh, well, well, well chosen, Nick. Um, you're really Nick. Really, is the uh, MVP of the tournament so far? Um, <laughs> with his, uh, he's playing great tennis. He's, for the most part, behaving himself, except for a couple of uh, times he called the referee stupid and shit like that. Um, but for the most part, um, by his standards, he's behaving like a gentleman, um, and he's he's. Uh, He's giving to charity. He's giving $100 for every ace he hits through the Australian wildfire relief. Um, 
he's exciting the crowd. He's saying all the right things, like uh, about taking an ice bath and doing all the right things to prepare for his next match and all of that. Um, and he's playing mixed doubles with Anisimova. So really, he's checking all the boxes right now. Yeah, it will be really curious to see his form against Nadal because there's a huge factor. Yeah, there is a huge factor. And there's a real possibility here. Yeah. As is the bottom. I was really afraid after he lost the third set that there would be an epic meltdown. And then again, after he lost the fourth set, I was afraid there would be just like an implosion, a mental implosion. But he like was able for the most part to keep it together today. Um, I think a lot of it is uh, Leighton Hewitt, having Leighton Hewitt in his box. Uh, Leighton Hewitt is a guy he can't like write off as like somebody who's never done anything. Um, and he has just like a no bullshit mentality. Um, and so I think the fact that um, he respects Hewitt and Hewitt is in his box um, really uh, makes a difference for him mentally. Yeah. Um, I, I also think the fact that he's on probation is kind of keeping him centered a little bit. Um, and uh, so when I looked at him, he looks older. Like, he doesn't look like the young gun anymore. And I guess that that's natural progression, but, like, maybe he's just a little older and wiser. Yeah, he does look older. That hunch is still, like, kind of annoying. He looks like he's going to fall over a lot of times. <clears throat> still, his feel for, like, the court and just, like, his the way he strikes, the contact he makes with the ball is just a standard of deviation better than, like, everyone except the top guys. Like, uh, watching the Kyrgios Kachanov match, I was just, like, at so many different points in the match, I was just thinking, yeah, Kyrgios should win because he's clearly the better player, but he might not because of, like, his conditioning and mental side, but... Um, yeah, I'm sort of happy for him that he made it through that match because feeling moments like this might inspire him to work harder. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's like, if he's, if he's just like, if it's because he doesn't train much or if he's like legitimately just a poor mover. Um, I'm wondering if that's kind of the unsaid thing about Kyrgios that He's just not a great mover. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's impossible to say. Um, I don't think he's a bad mover. I think it's just that he uh, he fatigues really quickly. Um, but yeah, one thing I also noticed in the Kyrgios Kashinov match today is uh, Kyrgios goes for huge serve returns um, anytime he can, pretty much. Um, and I actually think that's the analytically correct, um, thing to do and more guys should do it. Like, uh, I really think if like Daryl Morey or Nate Silver, like analyze tennis, 
the biggest inefficiency they would find right now is guys chipping the ball in play on second serve returns. Uh, I think you're more likely to win a point by going big, at least at this level, on a serve return than by playing out the rally starting at like a disadvantage in the point. Un- yeah, uh, that would be interesting to see the analytics on it. Unclear, though, because... Um... That's what Shapovalov like does. Shapovalov just goes huge and has like seventy errors every match. But um, and I think maybe he goes too big on his own serve. Um, like it's it's not necessarily just. But I don't I don't think his return um, game winning percentages are higher than other people's. Um, I think it's also yeah. it depends on the surface. Like clay, you're less likely to like hit the ball through the court, but like on a faster court. Yeah. And also when you're serving it makes less sense because you're you're starting at an advantage in the point, so you don't taking risk a big risk doesn't make a whole lot of sense like when you already have the advantage. Yeah. The the other analytically uh driven thing I've heard people should do players should do more is go big on the second serve. Um, and I remember that's what that's what Medvedev did to be Djokovic in Cincinnati, I think. And that's what um, Kyrgios often does. And uh, it might actually be smart. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that like people see in Kyrgios's game and like guys who are known as, like, risk-takers or, like, a lot of times, like, people will call them, like, stupid players um, that are actually, like, smart. Just a lot of guys, like, there's just, like, a lot of um, inertia about playing a certain way. And also, like... It's, it's higher variance, but possibly higher expected value. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Exactly. And, uh... I think, like, as much um, as mentally um, un- weak as Kyrgios is, like, in terms of, like, throwing tantrums at the ump and stuff and, like, telling his box to stand up and that kind of stuff, uh, his, like, strate- his, like, strategy is, like, uh, actually very... He's, like, very strategically um, adept. And I think he, one of the best things about him is he doesn't um, buy into a lot of things. Like he just like he doesn't go along. Short, he's willing to do a drop shot serve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also like the saber serve return. I mean, that's a good change of pace play. Like, um, and also like okay, when he's down forty love. Uh, and on the return of serve, he'll go for, like, he'll sort of go into exhibition mode and hit a few between the leg shots, which he's unlikely, he's less likely to win that point. But, I mean, what's the what the odds are still low that he'll win that game anyway. It is sort of a throwaway point, especially if he's feeling tired. Like, points like that, it, like, he has fun playing them, and it... It, I think it breeds good, like, will. It gives him good, like, energy for the next point when he is, like, 
when he when he decides to refocus again. Um, and also, like, like it does fuck with the opponent, and like, just it is smart to like try and like fuck with your opponent. Yeah, it is just <laughs> there's just so many different angles. Like, I think he's like an actually like extremely extremely smart player. Um, also, his like shot selection, so shape for the drop shot, and then. <laughs> slice it deep uh and the only other person who does that is Federer it's sort of like actually a squash like hold um what he does um I don't know there's just like a lot of really smart things he does on court um that are overshadowed by everything else so I'm uh, sorry guys can you hear me I'm back I had a two-year-old a two-month-old daughter emergency <laughs> Still on the pod or off the pod? Yeah, yeah, we're still on the pod. We're talking about how smart of a player Kyrgios is. Like, once you get through all that bullshit, like... No, 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 go, for sure. Going well, big on the service. He's smart thing. in terms of managing the situation, of recognizing the situation. Like you say, I think the trick shots are to sort of relax the atmosphere in general. You won't really see it in a... In a I mean, you'll see it once in a critical point, but you'll never see it twice in a critical point, which I guess is the same as just going for broke in a way. Uh, he's definitely got—he's definitely brighter than people realize. I'm, I'd go a step further and say he's like brighter than pretty much everyone except for the top guys, um, at least when he's playing his best. Um, but yeah, that's just like sort of the uh, the last aside that I was going on. Um, uh, Mark, who do you have winning the tournament? That's a good question. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Joker. Um, it's just his tournament. You know, I, I don't want to say that Joker is to Australia as Rafa is to Paris, but it's getting close. I mean, this you would know, be number eight for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, probably eight in like the last 11 years or something. So for whatever reason, it's maybe time of year, the way that his sort of, you know, calendar year biorhythms work. You know, Rafa, we know when when his foot needs to be entirely on the gas pedal. I would say if the draws were reversed, if Joker was in the tougher side of the draw, then I would p pick Rafa. But I just think that's that's a, a tough gauntlet to climb. Um, I, I think it's Joker and Medvedev in the finals, but no knock to Rafa. I just think that, that I'm not sure. Sure, his body is 100, percent but I'm not. You know, that would be just a, a shot in the dark. I, I would, I would love to see Djokovic's Eastern Hemisphere uh, record, because <laughs> you know how he just like owns Asia, he owns Australia. Yeah. So, are you agreeing with me? I mean, I think he's. I don't know if he's the better player, but he's the better player in this tournament. That, that's as far as I would go. I think these circumstances, he's he's the man to beat. Um, you know, Phil's not wrong in sort of making uh, a, um, you know, low-probability prediction. I think one of you two also predicted Sitsipas beating Federer last year, and, and, and many would have thought that pick was outlandish. So I don't think it's a bad pick. I just don't think Djokovic is getting too tough a half a draw, and so I think circumstances favor him. Yeah, I mean, when Schwartzman beats Djokovic, I'll be laughing at both of you, but I'm... Um... You know, I can see how you would say Djokovic would win the tournament. Um, I'm yeah. a bad Jew, Peter. You're just Phil. You're just a better Jew than we are. That's it. That's it. You know, you're just a better Jew. I'm just a, you know, I'm a. Yeah. Well, I am. A I am, Jew. What can I, say? I am balder. 
Oh, oh, speaking of Jew, you had a, a good category um, in text. Uh, the most Jewish non-Jew in tennis. You gave that award to Millman. <laughs> yes. Four ways in one. I would actually say he's the most non-Jewish, you know, Jewish Israeli. He's he's more Israeli than he's more Israeli than um, Shapovalov. Yeah, he 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 um uh, he, he has like he he has a lot of mannerisms that are very like uptight. Yeah, no, I I sort of see him as just a wanker. I think like he is the, the definition of just like that loud, obnoxious Australian at the bar, who's just like yeah. cheering for the rugby match and sloshing a beer while fucking your wife. Um, who was that guy from Slovakia or the Czech Republic who would drive Rafa crazy as well? He'd be almost doing like jumping jacks in between points. He might, and he beat him at Wimbledon once. Russell, playing them yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a, you know, he's like a more amphetamine, amphetamine, you know, sort of laced version of Rosal, I think. <laughs> or just a more Aussie version of him. But uh, who, how many players, my, my last question, I know that probably our fans, believe it or not, and, and you guys have to go as well. How many players go into the tournament actually believing they can win? Is it four, is it five, or is it six? How many would actually have the audacity to book the hotel at least for 12 days, if not for 14? Well, we know Batista Agu is not one of them, so and he's the nine seed, so we can we can say it's at least we can say it's at most eight. Um, no, but really, realistically, realistically, I think it sits a passing up. I think it sits a passing up. I think um, I think he he won the World Tour Finals. He's beaten all of the top guys in big stages. I think he can credibly believe he has a chance. I think Zverev might say yeah. he believes he has a chance, but not actually believe he has a chance. Yeah, just delusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then st I think everybody who's all, I think Stan believes it, even though he's not in the top five. <laughs> I'm saying, do, do they actually book a flight date back? They got enough cash in hand that whatever, they just leave it open-ended. I mean, the big three we know, they just either book their flights for the Monday after. Maybe they have... Yeah, you mean they... Down, they book an actual flight? They schedule their private jets, you mean? Yeah. How many of these guys are flying in private jets? <laughs> Everybody in the top ten? I think Federer definitely... Federer has to, you know. Um, Federer's like, I think he's a billionaire by now. Um, Rafa has just so much, so much family. I think Rafa probably flies like first class. <laughs> um, and Djokovic, I don't know. What do you think? How many of these guys? Who do you think flies private jet? Fed and maybe a Golbus. I think Golbus comes from like a. <laughs> I think it comes from like a Russia, uh, Lithuanian plutocratic family. I think maybe just those two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, I remember a story when he made the semifinals of Roland Garros. He he bet all his prize money the next day at the Monte Carlo Casino and lost it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. That, that sounds about right. Should all be right. a good set of matches. Uh, any, any last words for our fans? 
what what would you offer a fan? What would you offer a fan who was willing to watch the whole Silich Rams match? Well, what what could you offer them? Of, I don't want to say of comparable value, but at least make them feel like it was not entirely in vain. I could, I'd offer them a pep talk. Or, <laughs> you got to be in a really low point in your life to watch that. You know, I think if a fan has made it this far into the podcast to hear what <laughs> they would get, you know, fan, I'll give you a blowjob. <laughs> from, from. <laughs> so, in so all seriousness, this though, I would follow them back on Twitter, um, which is a good. Uh, a good segue into saying, uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Doubles Alley Pod, and uh, give us a five star review on iTunes. What were you saying, Mark? I was saying I was considering watching the whole match, but that might have. Uh, I don't know, what did I say? Killed my sex drive. Anyway, <laughs> we we try to be very inclusive in our fan base. So if that. If that's appeals to one of our fans, you know what? We'll even uh, we'll we'll throw in some, some we'll throw in a cigar with that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cigar, right. cigar will I'll work never for watch, you. I'll never watch that match again. Really, the same de- way. De- depends on depends on what you prefer. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, that about does it um, to our millions and millions of listeners. Thanks again. It's you. Who we who we perform for? So thanks for giving us this platform. Yeah. And uh, without further ado, la bomba.